there is value in every experience, good or bad or ugly. There's value in every experience. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And so there's certainly a lot of experiences this year that I wish I wouldn't have had. Um, but I've also realized that there's value in every experience. Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. Josh Cantwell. If you love entrepreneurship and investing in real estate, then you are in the right place. Josh is the CEO of Freeland Ventures Real Estate Private Equity and has personally invested in well over 500 properties all across the country. He's also made hundreds of private lender loans and owns over 1,000 units of apartments. Josh is an expert at raising private money for deals, and he prides himself on never having had a boss in his entire adult life. Josh and his team also mentor investors and entrepreneurs from all over the world. He doesn't dream about doing deals. He actually does them, and so do his listeners and students. Now sit back, listen, listen learn, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. So hey, welcome back to Accelerated Investor. And uh, I'm so excited to be with you today and just spend some time reflecting on 2019 um, and 10 lessons that I learned this year or 10 lessons that were reminded to me this year that I wanted to pass along to you. First thing I want to say is Merry Christmas. Uh, for those of you celebrating Christmas, New Year's, all your holidays, I just want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. You're probably going to see this on Christmas Eve. Um, that's our plan. And uh, I wanted to make sure, even though over the holiday, if you don't catch this until well after Christmas, that I can pass along to you some of my thoughts that can help you and provide value to you in 2020 uh, based off of what I've learned this year in 2019. This year's been uh, an amazing year in a lot of ways, the good, bad, and ugly. It's been amazing in every way. And that's one of the things that I'm going to tell you about today is that there is value in every experience, good or bad or ugly. There's value in every experience. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And so there's certainly a lot of experiences this year that I wish I wouldn't have had. Um, but I've also realized that there's value in every experience. And so it's been an amazing year. And we've We've acquired this year um, over 2,400 units of apartments. Now, we don't, we're don't we not the majority owner of these apartments, but we are a general partner. Uh, we do own a chunk of the apartments. Me and my investors um, own anywhere between 10 and 30, 35% of these deals. It's a $175 million portfolio. Uh, we've also made um, and managed right now 136 private lender loans worth about 30 million bucks. And we've also done a number of rehabs, wholesale deals, rental properties, single-family residential type of deals, fix and flips um, throughout the year. And um, so we, and we've raised a ton of money. You know, we manage about $34 million right now, so we manage a ton of money. And through all those different experiences with my team, with various contractors, with buyers, sellers, private lenders, um, even with my own family, with our staff here, you know, there's, there's a ton of things that I've learned this year that I wanted to pass along to you. Um, and have you think about going into 2020 and things that are important uh, for those of you maybe doing your first uh, real estate deal or your first apartment or you're maybe getting your first uh, private lender loan. All of those things are very, very important and we've done them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. So I'm hoping to just pass this along to you so you can have a better year next year, a more profitable year, have more fun. Um, gain more financial independence, more personal freedom, and all the things that are important to you. So let's jump in. So 
from a real estate perspective, there's a couple of these 10 things that I've learned specific to real estate. So number one is finding the money, meaning the private money, lining up your private lenders, your institutional investors, your first mortgage lenders, whether it be for a fix and flip, a rental, or a large apartment building, a $10 million, $20 million apartment, um, and lining up your private money, your private lenders that want to help you with your down payment or be a private lender to you, a debt lender, or an equity investor. Um, you know, for the last two to four years, I've been really, really, really focused on raising capital. So anywhere between you know six to 15 private lender calls per week, um, and now that we manage, you know, 30 or 35 million bucks, you know, I don't really have to raise any more private money unless I want to have a billion dollar portfolio. Um, I don't really have to raise any more private money. I can take the 30 or 35 million dollars, put it into a deal. And within a year to three years, those deals will either pay off or refinance. All those dollars are going to come back to me. So the next one to three years, I can do it all again. The next one to three years, do it all again. So over the next 10 years, I'll be able to cycle these dollars probably three or four times and use them to acquire assets, then slap permanent financing on them with a bank and pull all that money back. So the first lesson is raising money is it's one of the main pillars of real estate investing for both residential and commercial, but it doesn't take forever. You don't have to raise private money forever. If you make an effort in 2020 to focus on raising private money, putting together your presentation book, meeting with potential private investors, educating them about real estate, how they can be a private lender and get you know, stable, secured returns backed by your real estate deals. Um, and then at the end, what we've always done is we've asked them, you know, hey, I'm not assuming that you are interested in doing this, but do you know anyone who would be interested in learning more about what we do? And the goal is to hear the three magic words, which is what about me? And they say, what about me? Because you've already convinced them in a cool, non-aggressive, non-pressure way to, you know, be interested in your deal flow. So, you know, get out and and have two, four, like me, up to 15 um, private investor meetings per week. And, you know, in 2020, you'll raise so much money that you may never need to raise money ever again because you can cycle that money over and over and over. So, First point is, you know, getting the private money takes, you know, between two to four years to build up a war chest of private capital. Then you can kind of stop. You can kind of quit doing that and just focus on recycling the money and maintaining those relationships, which brings me to, to point number two, which is finding the deals, whether they're fix and flips, whether they're rental properties, whether they're commercial deals, small balance commercial deals, multifamily, 10 units, 20 units, or 200 units, the opportunity to find deals is an ongoing everyday opportunity. And that is really where real estate investing happens is your capacity to get out, network, uh, direct mail, pay-per-click advertising, cold calling, uh, you know, dealing with off-market properties, getting lists, dealing with brokers who have off-market inventory, pocket listings, especially on commercial deals. That really is the ultimate prize, right? So I see so many people networking on social media, networking in different Facebook groups, and they're all like, I'm looking for deals, bring me a deal. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Everybody's looking for the home run deal. Everybody's looking for that 200-unit apartment or 500-unit apartment or single-family rental deal. Everybody's looking for that deal. So networking is one way to find deals, but you've got to institute a multi-medium marketing approach 
because you never know where a deal is going to come from. And that is really where ultimately that's in like deal acquisition or customer acquisition is really where you're going to make your money, okay? There's lots of people, especially today in today's economy, there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of private money out there. So point number two is next year in 2020, every single day you should be asking yourself, what am I doing to acquire a great deal today? Am I talking to brokers? Am I starting a direct mail campaign? Am I marketing on social media? Um, am I you know, w- working my referral source, my network? Am I creating a newsletter, sending out an email broadcast, all specifically to find deals? Are you building an acquisitions team to find deals, okay? Because again, recruiting the private money is something you can do over the next two to four years and have a war chest of private money and stop. But finding great deals never, never, never stops. Uh, Point number three, you know, I've made a ton of private lender loans. I've invested millions, tens of millions of dollars in other people. And I've realized over the last year or two that the boots on the ground operator, the person buying the deal, managing the contractor, the person who's going to the job site every day or every week, the person who's on site managing the contractor and the contractors managing the subcontractors, the person that's at the job every single day is the most valuable person in real estate. Okay? It's really not the CEO. It's it's not the person who's raising the private money. It's the boots on the ground operator because if you successfully do a lot of deals, if you successfully raise a lot of money, but then do a you know buy a lot of properties and do a lot of deals, rentals and multifamily apartments, etc., um, that boots on the ground operator that does the deal is the one that makes the pro forma, the projections, actually become profits. And I've had a couple instances this year, uh, problems with contractors, problems with my own brother, problems with contractors that couldn't get a job done, Um, and it's cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars in problems, staff, time, interest, um, extra real estate taxes, insurance, extra stuff that wasn't in the pro forma, that wasn't in the projection. And we've done a lot of successful, profitable deals, but we've also, we've invested money with people who are not great operators, right? They weren't on the ground every day. They maybe you know, had other distractions or maybe a side hustle or another job. They weren't there every single day. And because they weren't there every day, the deal didn't get done as fast as it was supposed to. A three-month rehab took six months. Or, you know, a five-month rehab took a year because it was maybe a large luxury renovation. Um, Or, you know, an apartment deal that was supposed to be stabilized within 12 months took 18 months. Why? 100% of the reason why is because the boots on the ground operator. So we've learned very, very strategic lessons this year about how to underwrite and review and work with great operators. So those of you that are brand new to real estate, you know, you might be wondering like, well, how come nobody will invest with me? How about nobody will partner with me? How come I can't get a bank loan? It's because you haven't demonstrated to an underwriter or a JV partner. You haven't demonstrated to them that you can be a great operator, okay? Um, I'm baffled by how many people have borrowed money from us or from other people and then like they go start a car wash on the side <laughs> or they start an e-com business on the side or all of a sudden they're on vacation and they're gone for two weeks. It's like, dude, unless you have a huge team and everybody else that's handling everything for you, you don't deserve 
the distraction, the shiny object of the car wash, the vacation, the e-com business. You need to get your ass on the job site every single day. Make sure the contractor's showing up on time. Make sure you order the materials, making sure you're staying on time and on budget. The, con- the, 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 the boots on the ground, the operator must be, must be great at coordinating people. They must be a great communicator. They must be really good at planning a job like week by week. What are we going to do this week? Are we taking care of the bathrooms? Are we taking care of the flooring in the kitchens? Are we um, you know, maybe doing the exteriors, the roofs, the siding, the windows? What are we doing each week? How, much, how many dollars do we need each week to stay on time and on budget? And they have to be a complete bulldog right, about staying on schedule and on budget. So anymore, like if, if I don't get the sense that somebody's 100% all in, they're going to be on the job site multiple times a week, and they're going to be a bulldog about the schedule and the budget, guess what? I'm not investing with you. I'm not lending to you. I'm not, you know, you, you can't convince me otherwise. If you've got too many projects, you've got six, eight, ten projects at a time, and you can't get one contractor to show up on the job site, guess what? You're out. As Kevin O'Leary would say, you're dead to me. I'm never going to invest with you again. Um, so boots on the ground operator, number three, is the most important person in real estate. Because if you have a great operator, guess what? It becomes easy to raise money. It becomes easier to find deals. It becomes easier to recruit private capital because you can demonstrate a history, a repeat history of doing successful deals. Very, very important. Number four, um, there's, no second, there's no second chances with contractors, okay? I've learned to forgive contractors for being morons and not being on site every day, not being able to get their crew there, not being able to get um, you know successful people at the job. But I don't forget. I forgive them for being a terrible business person, but I won't forget and I won't um, hire you again. And I learned from that mistake. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday I was on a job site and uh, the main GC that we're working with is a guy named Tony. And I showed up on the job site at about eight and about five after eight, a really nice um, Lincoln, like a, like a Mark 8 or whatever it was, pulled up. And there was a driver, really clean cut. You know, obviously the guy had a few bucks. He dropped off four people to the job site. So think about that for a second. You got four other contractors, really laborers, handymen, skilled guys. They don't have cars. They don't have uh vehicle, they take the bus to work or they need to be picked up and dropped off. So the reason why Tony is a great contractor and we're a really good operator is I see in Tony that Tony is able to schedule and coordinate four guys who were really good at working on a job site, but maybe don't have enough money to even buy a car. Okay. So why do we work with Tony? Because Tony realizes his ability to schedule people and manage money is very, very, very important. So um, lesson number four is forgive contractors, but don't forget and do not give them a second chance. If they screw up or you're showing, you're seeing some sort of crack in their armor, they're starting to fall behind, guys are not on job sites in the morning, forget it, they're out, bye-bye, get rid of them because they're going to cost you so much more money in the form of interest and expenses. That leads me to lesson number five, which is action over words. Like so many people that I've met with, um, some guys that are very quiet, um, but just absolutely crush it. Other guys that talk a lot, that is all talk, right? 
yeah, we're going to be on the job site. Yeah, we'll be there. Then I show up and nobody's there, right? Action over words. Um, yeah, yeah, we're making phone calls to find deals. Yeah, you need, you need to make 50, 60 dials a day, which is what our business development team has to do, 60 dials a day. But they only made 26. We expect our business development guys, our acquisitions guys, to have two hours of talk time per day. Well, if they're consistently on the phone and they only have you know an hour, hour and 10 minutes of talk time, well, what are they doing with the other seven hours of their day, right? So action over words is super, super important, which now leads me to number six, right? This business is, is, is so much about, you can do deals by yourself. You can do deals and never talk to somebody, have no relationships. But to me, what's, more, what's, what's important about this business, what I really love about real estate is the experiences, right? So when I'm working with somebody, networking with somebody, building a relationship with somebody, relationships and experiences with people are much more important than material things, gifts and money. So when I work with somebody who maybe screws up a job or somebody that doesn't do the right thing, if they communicate with me, if we build a relationship, if, if they continue to work hard to make it better, everybody screws up. Nobody's perfect. Um, but that experience, right, is what I remember, right? It's not what they wore. It's not what they said. It's how it made me feel, right? So if I feel like somebody's respectful of me and doing a good job, whether they're borrowing money, whether I'm investing with them, whether it's a contractor, whether it's an employee or staff, if I have a good experience and I feel good about that, it doesn't really matter what happened. Um, so it's all about the experience and the relationships, right? Same thing here at Christmas time with like gifts, like giving gifts to people. It's along those same lines. Like I'd rather have experiences with people than actually mo- like money, gifts, material things, right? That's not important to me, right? You know, a lot of guys are like, I want to, I want to be successful in real estate because I want to drive a, you know, a Ferrari or I want to have a huge house. Trust me, like I've had really ex- expensive cars. I have a big house. Like I get sick of it. I get sick of cleaning my house. I get sick of the the brain damage of keeping it clean with me, my wife, and my three kids. Right? I get sick of the brain damage of having a nice car because cars. I live in Cleveland. They suck in the snow. So instead of having a nice car, I I, I buy a reliable SUV. Right. Um, a Denali or an Escalade or whatever, because I would rather have the experience, the thing that makes me feel good than the material thing, the money, right? So that's really what it's all about is time, experiences, more than gifts, more than money, more than cash, more than material things. Um, Number seven, the next lesson I learned is, look, networking is fun, Um, but everybody's greedy as shit. Meaning networking with other people is fun, but everybody has a healthy greed. Meaning if they have a deal that they found, they want to do that deal. Okay. Especially when you work yourself up into apartments and commercial deals, people really don't, if they find an amazing home run multifamily deal, let's say it's a 50 unit or 150 unit, they don't want to wholesale it. They don't want joint venture partners. They want to own as much of that freaking asset as they can get. And to me, that's a healthy greed. So networking is fun, but doing deals, like finding deals on your own, finding deals that actually make money, that make a profit, that that's where it's at, right? Um, give you an example, like my friend Jack Petrick is he's a former firefighter. He's got a good network, but Jack is a bulldog about finding his own deals. Jack is a bulldog about 
taking and keeping as much equity as he can possibly get in a deal, okay? So I know a lot of multifamily investors that own, you know, hundreds, thousands of doors, similar to me, but we have a big joint venture agreement. So we have many people involved. You know, nobody owns a you know, huge portion of the deal. Somebody might own 20%, somebody might own five, somebody might own 30, somebody might own 15. Well, Jack, the way Jack does his deals is Jack buys them. He's a total solo operator and he keeps 60 to 80% of the deal for himself, right? Um, and when you do that, you know, what I'm saying is networking is fun. Getting out and joint venturing and all this stuff is fun. But I have a lot of respect for Jack because of his healthy greed for him to keep as much of the equity and profit for himself. And the reason why Jack has earned that capacity is and, and, and the ability to keep most of the equity is because Jack's the freaking boots on the ground operator, which goes back to number three. The boots on the ground operator that can find the deal and operate the deal is the most important person in real estate. So if you find the deal and you operate the deal, guess what? You're keeping most, if not, not all, but most of the equity. Okay, so again, number seven, networking is fun, build a big network, build lots of relationships, but focus on doing the deals and operating the deals and you'll be able to keep the vast majority of the equity. Number eight, one of the biggest lessons and one of the funniest lessons I've learned this year is that social media is 80% fake. I see so many people um, put stuff out that, you know, the deals they're doing, the deals they're closing or the deals that are about to close. I signed a purchase agreement for a $30 million apartment but you never bought it. I, I'm, gonna, I'm signing a letter of intent for a, uh, a $5 million apartment. Great, it's a letter of intent. Guess what? There's five other letter of intents just like yours, right? What I appreciate from some of my joint venture partners and friends is when they post on social media of the deal that they didn't write an offer on, they didn't write a letter of intent on, it's not a deal that they went to look at, it's not a deal that they're thinking about offering on, it's a deal that they actually bought, it's a deal that they actually sold. It's private money that they actually raised, <laughs> right? So, you know, anymore, like I, I only spend time on social media at night after my kids go to bed between about 9.30 and 11 o'clock. And I'm mostly communicating with people through direct messages. Um, I find myself like I might scroll through my feed and so much of it is stuff I'm not, I don't even care about. It's, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the mom whose daughter is, you know, won an award. Awesome. I'm, I'm past it. I'm, I'm happy for your son who won his basketball game. Awesome. But out of, you know, 100 messages that I read, literally 99 of them, if I didn't read them, it wouldn't have changed my life. I wouldn't even give a shit. I wouldn't care. So be very, very aware of what you're consuming on social media and how much time that you're, you're on it. Because what I found in myself is this trap of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing something at work. My phone is on. I get a direct message or my phone dings. I all of a sudden look at a text message. Next thing I do is I log into Facebook. Next thing I do is I'm checking my email. 45 minutes goes by and all of a sudden I'm in this unconsciousness of the crud of my phone. All of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, holy shit, it's been 45 minutes or an hour and what am I doing? Like, this has nothing to do with my intention for the day. This has nothing to do with my schedule because social media is such a, an attractor, like Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. They've done such a good job of creating these platforms where you can just dive into these things for hours and hours, walk away, and you're like, I'm, I'm dumber for having read that. 
Like, it, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, what was it? Um, not Happy Gilmore, but uh, Billy Madison with, with um, Adam Sandler, where he gives this diatribe on, on some essay that he reads, and the professor at the end or teacher is like, everybody in this room is now dumber for having listened to that. That's sometimes how I feel about social media. Like, I um, wasted my time and totally dumber for spending time on it. So I'm very strategic about what I do. Um, I look at friend requests. I send direct messages out. I communicate with mostly people that I already know. Most of the people that look to me and ask me for advice, they want to ping me. They want 15 minutes of my time. Can I take a call with you? I send them to my business development team first to vet them out. And if we find out that they're legit, that they've got something to offer, a a deal, they can create some value for us, then I'll take a call with them, all right? So again, number eight, social media is 80% fake. To me, it's 90% a waste of time. I love it for business purposes. I hate it for personal reasons. Um, You know, just monitor what you're doing there in uh, 2020. And the last two things, last two things I want to pass along, I did an entire podcast on this, is that number nine, everything that we do is a gift right? Everything that we've done. So raising private money, number one, that we covered has been a gift. The relationships I've built has been a gift. People that have even said no to me, I'm not going to invest in your deal is a gift. Number two, finding deals, grinding it out, looking for deal flow, meeting with acquisitions managers, meeting with, um, you know, uh, commercial brokers that have off-market inventory, looking and talking with wholesalers is a gift. Boots on the ground operators are a gift. Contractors that have screwed us over, has been a gift. We've learned from all of that stuff. Relationships, experiences are a gift. Networking is a gift. Doing deals is a gift. Social media, even though sometimes I can't stand it, is a gift, right? Because of what you can learn from it. Like once you're in it, you can't get that day back. You can't get that five minutes back. You can't get that 10 minutes back. So you might as well look back and say, even if it was a negative experience, that was a gift. What if everything you did was a gift? You'd walk through life so much more happy, so much more positive, You know, you get screwed over by somebody or something goes wrong or something didn't go your way. You got a bad diagnosis. You got bad news. You didn't get the promotion that you wanted. The deal that you wanted didn't come through. But there's lessons in all of that. There's lessons in all that. So everything that you've done is a gift. It's all part of your journey. And finally, number 10, there's value in everyone and every experience. It's always, every experience is a positive if you choose to see it that way, okay? Again, something happens, you're feeling sick, you go to the hospital, you get some news that you didn't really want, okay? Everybody could say, well, that's a negative. Like, that's not good, right? Well, it all depends on how you look at it. It's a new challenge, right? The deal that you wanted or, you know, you have a 100-unit apartment building under contract, you go through your due diligence and all of a sudden, the boiler's busted, something's wrong, there's foundation problems or just whatever, all of a sudden the deal unwinds and you can't buy that deal anymore and you're mad that you you know put money down, earnest money, spent two months doing your due diligence and all of a sudden the deal's not gonna close. There's a lot of positives in that if you choose to see it that way. To me, it's a choice, all right? That's number 10. There's value in everyone and every experience there's always a positive if you choose to see it that way. And it is your choice. So there you have it, guys. Ten things that I've learned this year. Find the money. It only takes two to four years and you're done. Finding deals is an ongoing daily opportunity. Number three, the boots on the ground operator is the most important person in real estate. Number four, 
forgive, but don't forget and learn. There are no second chances for contractors. Number five, action more than words. Number six, relationships and experiences more than gifts, materials, and money. Number seven, networking is fun, but doing the deals is what actually makes money and has a financial impact on your life. Number eight, social media is 100%, I'm sorry, 80% fake and 90% a waste of time. Unless you're using it for business purposes on a personal level, monitor what you do on social media. Number nine, everything that happens is a gift. And number 10, there's value in everyone and every experience if you choose to see it that way. I'm so excited to have launched this podcast this year. I want to give a big shout out to Ramy Garot, my director of AV and social media, and just does a phenomenal job helping me produce this podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Share it on all the social media platforms. We've got tons of ratings and reviews, lots of positive feedback. We've had amazing guests on the podcast, and uh, it's been an awesome, awesome year. And if you're catching this on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas, if you're celebrating Christmas, Merry Christmas. It's the best time of the year. It's so fun, exciting opportunity to be grateful for what we have, to give of your time, give of your talent, give of your treasure to other people. Um, Have yourself a fantastic new year if I don't personally talk to you and implement these 10 ideas, these 10 gifts, these 10 takeaways from 2019 into your 2020. Thank you for being one of our members at Accelerated Investor. Thank you so much for engaging with me this year. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Take care. You've been listening to Josh Cantwell and the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next or who you'd like Josh to interview. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and his companies, Strategic Real Estate Coach and Freeland Ventures on all social media platforms now and stay up to date on new training and investment opportunities to start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Apply for coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com.